Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, but you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind It is your boy DJs with running back Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros. You know the drill? Hit the like button on the stream on YouTube. That would be greatly appreciated. My mic all weird, man. Uh, Hit the subscribe button if you watch these and you're not subscribed. That's not fair. That's fraudulent behavior. I give you free content almost every single day, man. All I ask is that you hit the like button and you subscribe to the channel. We are on the first page of Apple Podcasts under 76ers, right under the rights to Ricky Sanchez, right next to Locked on 76ers, next to Keith Pompey. You know what I mean? Your boy's doing numbers out here, bro. And it's all thanks to you guys for engaging, for listening, for leaving reviews, for subscribing. I don't even really know what podcast subscribers means. For downloads, I don't actually know what downloads means either. But keep it going, man. You put us on the first page to keep us there. All right. I appreciate all of you, man. If you if you listen and you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, please do that. Now, let's get into some business. The Philadelphia 76ers are 12 and 12. And I decided that uh I'm going to put up a post on the Instagram page. And on uh, YouTube community posts, and I'm going to tell you guys or ask you guys to ask your best questions on the post, and I will go through every single question and read it and answer it. What better thing to do on, on, on a Sixers night off on a Thursday night, man? So chill here, hang out. You can still throw questions and comments in the chat if you want to, uh, but I'm going to go right through all of the questions on the Instagram post and on the YouTube community post and have the conversation. Shout out to everybody in here, 54 people in here. Everybody, please hit the like button. All right, let's just get right down to business, man. Here's question number one. On the Instagram post. Why does Doc never play players with the hot hand? From John 
Block Bass. Why does Doc never play the players with the hot hand? I think what he's trying to say is why doesn't Doc Rivers go to the player with the hot hand down the stretch of the game? I think you're probably alluding to the game where Tobias Harris had 27 points, uh, had seven three-pointers, and pretty much didn't touch the ball the last 15 minutes of the game. And the answer to that question is Doc Rivers is a terrible coach. He's a terrible decision maker. He's a terrible lineups coach. He's a terrible strategist. He's a terrible motivator. He's bad in every sense of the word bad when it comes to NBA head coaches. It just is what it is. And I've been watching a lot of the uh, 2008 Boston Celtics um, under Doc Rivers because I am making a, a an exposing Glenn Rivers series of videos that are going to be on the YouTube channel. And this involves me going back through old Doc Rivers film. Old film of Glenn Rivers run teams and trying to decide like what the hell's going on. Trying to decide what they looked like, what it looks like now. Is Doc regressing? Was it always the same? And here's what I'm what, what I'm kind of coming up with. Hey, thank you, Mr. Sparkies, for subscribing to the channel. This is what I've kind of come up with after just watching a couple of plays from the 2008 Boston Celtics championship team. What I've come up with is that Glenn Rivers' offense and his scheme and his team's identity and his game plan in general are the same right now as they were on the 2008 Boston Celtics team. The only difference is Glenn Rivers had four Hall of Famers on that team who could go out and beat the other team. You know what I'm saying? This is what I what I say a lot, that, that if, you, if you have good enough players, does the coach really matter? Yes and no. Like, yes, you need a good coach, but at the same time, you could have players that are good enough and just play well enough together that they can outperform or overshadow or completely hide the coach's deficiencies. And when you watch the beginning of those Boston Celtics teams, you see a lot of action. You see a lot of creativity the same way you do in the beginning of the 76ers games. And then the end of the game, no action, no plays being run, no strategy. But Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers had the benefit of Paul Pierce hitting a ridiculous step-back jumper, of Kevin Garnett taking a double team on the baseline for a fadeaway, uh, of, of Ray John Rondo just creating something out of thin air and throwing a behind-the-back pass to somebody. You see what I'm saying? So with t- t- that's why he only has one ring in 21 years. Four Hall of Famers on the squad. He only has one ring, and it's because that one year, those four players together were good enough to get it done against the Kobe Bryant, Pal Gasol, uh, Lamar Odom, Derek Fisher, you know, uh, Kobe and the boys. It was four Hall of Famers against one. And that's how it happened. It had nothing to do with Doc Rivers. He he deserves no credit whatsoever for that championship. And you saw for the rest of his career now what it looks like when he doesn't have four Hall of Famers who who can just go out and beat the other team. Next question from underscore Jangel underscore. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. Not a question, but a statement. A new coach will not fix this team. 
I think you are correct in that firing Glenn Rivers will not completely fix this team. But, you know, you can't get to a new house if you don't walk out the front door of the one you're currently in. Oh! 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 Bro! I'm like a prophet up here, man. You got to start somewhere. Look, I know a lot of people are saying you never slandled, you never slander Daryl Morey, and that's probably Doc Rivers' burner accounts or his family in the chat, you know, coming at me saying that. I think Daryl Morey, and there's a lot of things he did wrong here, you know, going all in on James Harden when you could have had Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald and draft picks and kept your draft picks and kept Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. You know, I think Daryl Morey's love affair with James Harden just might be the nail in the coffin, uh, the coffin that is the process. And then, you know, going all out in the summer to get all of James Harden's old teammates. We don't know yet, but that could very well be one of the worst off seasons I've ever seen for a GM. And, and, and it really could be the nail in the coffin of the process because you, you depleted what assets were left after the Colangelo debacle, after the Brett Brown interim GM debacle, after after uh, Elton Brand, who I don't even know what the hell his job is anymore. Daryl Morey's offseason this season could be the nail in the coffin that is the process. But we'll have to see. It doesn't look good right now. P.J. Tucker doesn't look good, and you guys that are in the comments saying it's because of Doc Rivers' system, I, you might be right. We've seen P.J. perform for other teams. He's playing way more minutes right now than he played for the championship Milwaukee Bucks. Um, a lot of things go into that. You know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that that players are, are perform for other teams and then come here, put on a Sixers jersey, and all of a sudden they lost all their talent. Obviously, it has a lot to do with culture and discipline, and practice, and the message the coach is inevitably sending to the team. So, correct, underscore, Jengel, underscore. Firing Doc Rivers does not fix this team. But you know right now, this team is going absolutely nowhere with Glenn Rivers. So, firing him right now is a step in the right direction. They're not going to do it, though. But anyway, next question. Sixers announcement. Is Harden and Joel going to work? Um, You want my prediction? Yes. Harden and Joel can obviously work. You know, we, 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 we overreact to some bad games. We overreact to what the team looks like right now amidst some injuries and coming back from injuries and things like that. Uh that doesn't mean Joel and James Harden can't work. You know, uh, you saw the first couple of games when James Harden came here, first couple of games he played in a Sixers jersey. It looked like the most perfect fit we've ever seen. And it's not a coincidence that James Harden did not yet know Doc Rivers' air quotes system or plan or whatever. This team looked better. With just James Harden being dropped in the middle with no system at all. Just here, James, here's the ball. 
go figure it out. This team looked better those four games than they've looked since James has been running Glenn's system, I guess. I guess it's a system. So, yes, I think Harden and Joel can work. I think there's pieces around them that do not complement both of their styles of play. You have a guy at the top of the key in Harden that wants to dribble the air out of the ball and ISO a lot. You have a guy in Joel Embiid that wants to, should want to get on the block, but he wants to be on the perimeter a lot more. He wants to work from the elbows. He wants to, you know, work from the mid range. There's a lot of ISO ball. Um, and then you just have a couple of players that I feel like don't fit that style of play. Uh, I think you need more athletic wings around both of those guys, and I think you need guys that can cut, guys that can penetrate, guys that can finish at the rim. And I think you need a big, strong, athletic, rebounding power forward. Uh, and again, not a slight to Tobias Harris whatsoever. He's been playing great, but I think you need a player that's a better fit next to Joel and James. Um, so there's definitely some some uh, lineup things that that aren't perfect for Harden and Joel to work together. But yes, Harden and Joel can work. Um, there's just a lot of things that need to need, need to change yet. There's a lot of things that need to change yet. Uh, and also, James Harden, again, after watching those 2008 Boston Celtics teams and a lot of the plays that they ran, a lot of the scoring plays, a lot of the highlights in the in the 2008 uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the Detroit Pistons and then the NBA Finals against the LA Lakers. There was so much ball sharing and movement by all of the players. And I can't wait to show you guys, you know, when I really break down a film, of what it looks like and what the Sixers look like. Um, there was so much ball movement and sharing and it's how those players played with each other. It's the makeup of each of those players and how they all fit together. You know, Ray Allen wasn't an ISO player. He wasn't facing up, trying to take anybody one-on-one. Ray John Rondo was a pass-first player his whole career. Paul Pierce was could play ISO, but he was a great passer also. And when you really watched it, man, they caught the ball, they made a move, they swung the ball. They caught the ball, they made a move, they swung the ball. There's plays where... Rondo hands it off to Garnett, then sets a screen for Ray Allen to back cut. Meanwhile, uh, uh, a big uh, Kendrick Perkins is coming around, setting a screen for Paul Pierce to go to the other side. There was so much action. James Harden played for nine straight years in Houston and ran absolutely no action other than James Harden dribble the ball, make the defense move, either score, get to the free throw line, or pass it to the three-point line. James Harden is going to have to... This is not just on Glenn Rivers. This is not just on Joel Embiid. James Harden definitely, definitely, definitely has to work on fitting next to Joel, next to everybody else. James has to pass the ball and move. I know he's never, at least in Houston, hasn't passed the ball and moved. Maybe that's another breakdown video I should do. What James Harden looked like in OKC versus what he looked like in Houston versus what he looks like now. That's a good idea. Write that down, Eastwood. James Harden needs to work on passing the ball and moving. Can you imagine James Harden passing the ball from the top of the key and actually running around a screen to the corner three-point line? I don't think I've ever seen it. 
but it would be good if he could learn how to do it. Next question. Lucci produced. If Embiid asked for a trade, I don't think he would. Who do you think we could even get in return for that? Um, I think Joel will ask for a trade. By the way, like right off the bat right there, I think Joel very well could ask for a trade. If I'm Joel Embiid, I'm not wasting my whole career here, bro. I'm not hanging out here my whole career while this organization tries to figure this out and continues to put bad fits around you. And I'm not saying Joel Embiid has been perfect by any means. There's a lot of things he needs to to get right with his game. You know, the end of the game turnovers have been an issue with Joel Embiid his whole career. He's also seven foot two, two hundred and eighty pounds. You probably don't want him having the ball outside the three point line in overtime at the end of the fourth quarter at all. I don't care how much of a good he thinks he's a good ball handler. I don't care. If I'm the coach of this team, I'm saying, Joe, give the ball to a damn point guard and run a play. I don't care how much of a superstar you are. I'm not having you at the top of the key getting double teamed and turning the ball over in overtime. So that can go back to coaching again. A lot of things obviously go back to coaching. but. Uh, if Joel Embiid would ask for a trade, and again, if they fail this season, and you watched, you know, Joel had Jimmy on his team. Joel and Jimmy Butler, you could have won a championship with that team. All you had to do was fire Brett Brown, trade Ben Simmons, put a traditional style point guard on that squad. I'm talking Malcolm Brogdon. I'm talking a traditional style point guard. Alfred Payton would have worked. Seriously, the one playoff series, we only won one game against the Boston Celtics. We almost got swept. The reason we won that one game was because TJ McConnell started at point guard. You just needed a point guard with Ben Simmons. So Joel, Jimmy Butler, you you drafted Mikel Bridges. Uh, trade Ben, fire Brett, and that would have worked. So, Joel sat here and watched that unravel and watched how terribly that ended up. So, I, you know, I think if it doesn't work this season, Joel might say, listen, I'm 29 years old next season. I don't have, I don't have all the time in the world to try to get to the top, to try to put an NBA championship on my resume, trade me. I think that very well could happen. But your question is, who do you think we could even get in return for that? I don't think you'd be looking for players in return for that I don't, at all. I don't think you'd be looking for a player in return. I don't think you'd be looking, maybe a young player in return, uh, some some young players with potential or prospects, uh, but if you get to the point where you're trading Joel Embiid, then it is time for a full-on fire sale. It is t- if you're if you get to the point where you're trading Joel Embiid, it is time for a full-on fire sale. That means fire Glenn, fire Daryl Morey, fire Elton Brand, who do, I don't even know what his job is anymore. Fire literally everybody in the damn building. And get everything you can in return for Joel as far as future draft picks. And yeah, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to get a, a young player in return, but I don't even think you'd be concerned with who that player is. I think it would be, hey, it's time to start over. It's time to get a whole new regime in here. 
and start looking at the top of the draft again. Uh, and obviously, you don't touch Tyrese Maxey. That is our one saving grace right now for the future. He's 22 years old. He's an absolute bucket. He's a future NBA superstar. I legitimately think he has Damian Lillard potential. Um, so you you keep Maxi. If you would move on from Embiid, if he asks for a trade or whatever it is, you just try to get a whole bunch of draft picks. Try to do it all over again, man. I don't. I, don't, I think that's. I think that's the best you could do. You know, you don't have any money. You don't have any draft picks, so you try to replenish. You know, you you, you try to reload, man. Ref, refill your ammo. Um, whoop D, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. If not Glenn, who I want, Ime Udoka, not Cassell. I don't. I want Sam Cassell. I'll talk about that in a second. I'm sure somebody asked that in these in these uh in these questions here. Human enhancement. What's going on, man? Thanks for thanks for joining the conversation over on the Instagram page at Run It Back Philly. Being that we are in our 30s and missed the 83 championship, will we ever see a Sixers? championship in our lifetimes <laughs> uh if i was a betting man i mean the odds are against any nba team obviously only one team wins so i'm gonna say no um i would love to see an nba championship in my lifetime do i think it's gonna happen with this team right now the way it's constructed with this coaching staff absolutely not uh do i see a sixers championship in my lifetime Assuming I live to life expectancy age, yeah. I would like to think so. They haven't won one for 40 years. Uh, I would like to think in the next 40, they could squeak out one somehow, some way. So I'm going to say yes to that. What's next, man? Colin Macapagal3 on Instagram says, Why do you think Embiid doesn't go hard in the paint? Meaning, why does he flop like a fish? I love Embiid, but it's embarrassing how much he flops. <laughs> I get annoyed by it too sometimes. Um, but I'm not going to say Joel Embiid doesn't go hard in the paint. Joel goes hard in the paint. There's definitely games where he's getting hacked on the wrist, on the forearms, on the elbows. And instead of, I guess, playing through the contact, he looks at the officials and yells for the foul. Um so I agree that I would and James Harden too, which is, that's just in his DNA. That's the way that he plays. But yeah, I would like to see both of those players play the game uh, through contact. You know, you get hit, you get hit. It's a foul. It's cool. You know, it's a foul. But if the if the officials aren't aren't going to call it, you got to put the ball in the hoop. And, and and James, please stop standing at the baseline yelling at the official while the play is happening on the other end of the floor. It's ridiculous. Jay the Bull, my dude. Can the Sixers realistically get one with Embiid before it's all over, or is it, or it's better change of, or it's better change of another tragic AI story? Uh, yeah, the Sixers can can win a championship with Joel Embiid, but they got they, they're running out of time and they got to make major changes uh very soon. For that to happen. The way that it stands right now, I have zero faith in it. I don't think anybody in the Sixers organization or, or in the Sixers fan base has faith in it. Um, things need to change. Some lineups need to change. Some people in charge need to change. Uh, 
but yeah, with the right roster, you can you can win with Embiid. You can win with Embiid. But I, it, I'm more on the side of if you don't get it done soon, Embiid's going to give up on this team and request a trade. That's honestly where I'm at with it. That's honestly where I'm at with it. Uh, easy Eric 440 uh, on the Instagram page. Why did Daryl Morey put old ass Rockets players on the Sixers? It obviously didn't work. Wasn't he supposed to be good? Why is Glenn still the coach? I have a fire Glenn shirt. <laughs> I have no idea why Daryl Morey went and signed the 2016 Rockets. I have absolutely no clue. It's insane, actually, when you really think about it. Um, you know, this whole we need veteran players for the playoffs thing. <sighs> it might be true. But I just see so many young, fun athletes on, on around the league, around the NBA, on other teams. And I'm like, you didn't need to go sign Daniel House. You didn't need to sign Montrez Harrell. You just needed to play Isaiah Joe. You needed to play our uh, Charles Bassey. You needed to go get some young athletes that can rebound and block shots and dunk. And I think you had them. Um, you needed some wings. You could have went and got some. But, you know, you you were trying to play the Glenn Rivers card. I think that's Daryl Morey's major mistake here is building a roster not 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 with with what's best for Joel Embiid in mind, but building a roster with what Doc Rivers wants in mind. I really think that's the main mistake Daryl Morey made is building the roster that he thought Glenn Rivers would 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 like the most, which is old players. Look at P.J. Tucker. Just because he has experience, Doc is playing the guy 40 minutes a game. It's insane. Uh, Nick Marchetti on the Instagram page. Do you think we even get past the first round this year with Glenn as the coach? Yeah, I do if we're healthy. Uh, and that's, again, because the players are good enough to beat a first-round team. Like I said, the 2008 Boston Celtics had nothing to do with Glenn Rivers. They, they were good enough. Those players were good enough. Four Hall of Famers that fit together perfectly. You had a point guard. You had a shooting guard. You had a one of the one of the best point guards of all time, one of the best shooting guards of all time. You had one of the best small forwards of all time uh, or, or power forwards of all time in Kevin Garnett. And you had one of the best wing shooters of all time in Ray Allen. Your players good enough. They can. I don't think this Sixers team can win a championship. How it's constructed right now with Glenn Rivers, but I think you can win in the first round if everybody's healthy. I mean, we we we. What did we do two years ago? We swept the Wizards. I mean, these are these are the teams you get in the first round. If you're if you're top one, two, three, or four seed, I guess we got to take that into account, right? Because we're in a play-in tournament right now. We're twelve and twelve in the play-in tournament. If you finish where we're at seven eight nine and you end up playing boston in the first round you end up playing brooklyn post steve nash who are purposely sitting ben simmons because they're better without him boston brooklyn milwaukee in the first round you're fucked you, you no 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 but healthy still maybe because Maxie's a dog and hard and healthy. What he was doing the very beginning of this season, what he did in Brooklyn two years ago, if we can get that, yeah, it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I wouldn't put money on it. That's all I'm saying. 
Kai Michael Thorne on the Instagram page. If we replace Doc Rivers, who would you like to be the coach? I'll tell you who. It is Sam Cassell. There's a couple of reasons it's Sam Cassell, and I think I'm going to come over this question a couple of times in these in these comments. Uh, there's a couple of reasons it's Sam Cassell. The number one reason it's Sam Cassell, for me personally, is because he played point guard on winning NBA teams in the modern NBA era. And he was a traditional style point guard, and he understands how running the game from the top of the key and moving the ball, how important that is to a team's success. He definitely understands that. He played on those those uh, Milwaukee Bucks teams with young Ray Allen and uh, Glenn, 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 Glenn Robinson. Ooh, I remember that team. 2001 Philadelphia 76ers had to fight through that team and then the Toronto Raptors with Vince Carter. The good old days, but anyway, I think he played a, a, a style of basketball in today's era that is very important. I think his mindset would be much more creative in the half court and much more perimeter focused and much more ball sharing focused than Glenn Rivers is right now. Uh, also, I just love his mentality. I love the way that he interacts with players. I love his passion for the game. When you just see little videos of him working with Tyrese Maxey or James Harden or whoever, I think he has a lot to give to the game right now. Uh, he's about 12 years younger than Doc Rivers. Sam Cassell's my guy. That's my answer to that. Uh, Philly underscore Hut underscore TW. Who would be a better alternative for Doc Quinn Snyder or Frank Vogel? Uh, I like Quinn Snyder because he looks like he's from an old gangster movie, you know, Reservoir Dogs or something like that, but I don't really know much about him as a coach. And Frank Vogel, just no thank you. The answer is Sam Cassell for me right now. Uh, Anderson TDL on the Instagram page. Why can't Doc Rivers coach around star players, but coach role players into winning basketball? He did this in 2019 for the Clippers, who did not have any star and forced the Warriors six games. Hey. I'll tell you exactly why. You witnessed it on that 2019 Clippers team, and you witnessed it with the 76ers just a couple of games ago. Because when the stars are on the floor, Glenn Rivers has a pecking order. He thinks, and you heard him say it when he was live mic'd up on that NBA TV practice before the season started. He thinks you have to play the game through your stars one by one by one. And, and it just gets people away from sharing the ball. It gets people away from playing basketball. So when Joel and James are on the floor, you saw it in the... the James comes back from a, from a, a month of, of foot rehab and plays 38 minutes, and they go to him with the game on the line twice, and he was shot four for 19. The reason is Glenn is going to go to his... Favorite star players, no matter what happens, no matter how they're playing in the game, no matter what's going on. If they didn't play for a month and they're coming off a foot rehab, it doesn't matter. There's a pecking order. I said that to you guys when you were so excited about the bench performing without the stars. I said, wait till the stars come back. It's going right back to Doc Rivers' pecking order, and that's exactly what happened. That's why. Because when the stars aren't there, there's no pecking order. It's go out, 
share the ball, move, set screens, find the open man. There's no there's no number one, number two, or number three. And it just works. It just works better that way. You need somebody that can that can get that with stars on the floor. And he did that with the 2008 Boston Celtics, but he hasn't done it since then. What else we got, man? Gabe Cauley on the Instagram page. Do you think Harden is going to pick up his player option after the season? Didn't he sign a three-year contract? He picked up... No, he he waived his player option and signed a three-year contract, I think. Uh, Vion Norva Double O. How do you feel if we traded Matisse, Furkan, and Tobias for Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier with a pick of some sort on the side? How do you feel if we traded Matisse, Furkan, and Tobias for Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier? No. <laughs> Nah, here's the thing, bro. I don't know why people are overrating the hell out of Cam Reddish right now. Uh, Cam Reddish can't even get on the floor for the New York Knicks, and they are bad. You're not seeing anything out of Cam Reddish, and people are blaming it on Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks system and things like that because they like what Cam Reddish looked like in college, and they like the fact that he's a big athletic wing, athletic wing that we don't have. And just because you don't have something doesn't mean you should just take whatever's available. Cam Reddish can't shoot the three. He can't pass the ball. He 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 can't play any defense. The dude's averaging like hardly any minutes. He's shooting twenty percent from three when he gets on the floor. Uh, no, no. I like Evan Fournier as a traditional style point guard. I would love Evan Fournier as a backup point guard on this team. Um, but I'm not giving up Matisse and Tobias, Cam Reddish, and Evan Fournier. And Furkan, I don't think he has any value. If you can throw him in a trade, go ahead and do that. Uh, Killian Van Neufel. Why is P.J. Tucker starting and how do we replace him? The reason he's starting is because Glenn Rivers is a maniac. Uh, he should not be starting. Like I said, he he played 17 minutes a game on the on the championship Brooklyn or the championship Milwaukee Bucks. He's playing 27 minutes a game right now under Glenn Rivers. It's Glenn Rivers. It is. Starting P.J. Tucker and Tobias Harris at the same time doesn't even make any sense at all in the first place. We don't really have many wings to put in there. Daniel House, is that really an upgrade over Matisse Thibel that we had last year? No. Last year at the small forward position, we were rotating between Matisse Thibel and Danny Green. Danny Green went down. We started Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel looked unplayable in the Toronto Raptors series, and he and he started to switch the lineup again. So you had a whole offseason where that small forward position, a lot of you guys were saying that's what we need, and a lot of guys were a lot of you guys were upset that we didn't get that. That small forward position is a big glaring hole in this team. And they did nothing. They did nothing to fix that. They went and got PJ Tucker. They went and got Daniel House, who's not better than Matisse Thibel. I legitimately think Daniel House at this point in his career is barely above G League G League talent. You replace him by somehow, some way getting a wing, three and D player at the trade deadline. 
That's how you replace. Let me go through some super chats uh, real quick, man. Thank you to everybody who supports the channel, supports the movement. Sixers Break Room, Logan, man. Shout out to Logan. I appreciate you. Uh, anybody that's not subscribed, man, go subscribe to the Sixers Break Room. Uh, I think a lot of folks asked the wrong question. I don't think it's Ken Harden and Bede work together. Ken Harden and Doc work together because this offense looked better without Harden. That's a great point, dude. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's a, an area people should explore more is, you know, has Glenn Rivers ever coached a player like James Harden? And does he know how to get the best out of him? I don't know the answer to that, man. Kenny Smith, thank you for a super chat. How can the Sixers use their G League to generate talent for the future? It seems that teams are not really taking advantage of that. Uh, the 76ers have been using their G League to generate talent for the future. The problem is they have a coach who absolutely hates anybody under the age of 25. They developed Isaiah Joe and sent him to another team where he's producing off the bench. They developed Charles Bassey, sent him to another team where he's producing off the bench. Uh. Jaden Springer, I don't know what the hell is going on with him. I see. Uh, I would like to just see him. Just put him on the floor. That's the crazy part about the, these young players with Glenn Rivers. Just put the guy on the floor. You know what I'm saying? I see other players for other teams. Who's the dude on the Atlanta Hawks? He's 19 years old. He dropped nine points on us in the fourth quarter. He's 19 years old. You can put these players on the floor and see what they do. That's that. That's that's probably my most frustrating thing with Glenn. Outside of the fact that he he can't develop players and he, and he refuses to even give them a chance, like Isaiah Joe last season, he wouldn't even put the dude on the floor ever. How are you ever going to see what you have in young talent if you won't ever just put him out there for five minutes, bro? It's 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 insanity. They can't develop talent through the G League if they have a guy at the top, who's going to hold them back. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander did not get time until he was traded. Same story. Same story. Uh, Kenny Smith again, man. Hey, I appreciate you supporting the channel, man. Continued, should we put more focus on our G League and worry less about getting picks? No. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh I think Kenny, I think you're 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 really uh overvaluing the talent that is in the G League. Um at the end of the day to win NBA championships, you need high-level NBA talent. You yeah, you can get players through the G League undrafted sometimes a diamond in the rough, Max Struess I was just watching with the Miami Heat a couple of minutes ago. You can find players like that as role players, you know, and that and not with Glenn Rivers, but with a coach who can actually evaluate talent and who can actually, you know, develop talent. Uh, Eric Spolster is one of them. So you can find players like that. Diamonds in the rough. Uh, this is why Romp said, you know, D the DeAnthony Melton trade. Nobody gives up a first round pick for a DeAnthony Melton. A DeAnthony Melton is a second round pick. He's a player that you draft and you develop. 
just like Isaiah Joe, just like any, you draft the second round talent, you develop him, and that becomes your DeAnthony Melton. We can't develop talent so bad that we give up a first round pick for DeAnthony Melton. You know, so you you can find players in the G League, but I don't think that's ultimately gonna 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 like make or break you in the long run. I think you need you need to develop your draft picks. We drafted Matisse Thibel in the first round, not developed. We drafted Furkan Korkmaz in the first round, not developed. We drafted Timote Luau Cabarro in the first round. These are first round draft picks that didn't do anything with the Philadelphia 76ers. So the team has to draft better <laughs> and develop talent better. You can find diamonds in the rough in the G League, of course, but you're drafting guys in the second round and not not playing them at all and then releasing them a couple days uh, a couple years later and then other teams are picking them up and using them off the bench. It's it's crazy. This shit is obvious, bro. This stuff is obvious. Uh so I also posted this on YouTube, and uh, we will read what you guys dropped in the comments to the community post on YouTube. Uh, the first question is, hey, Kenny Smith, thank you for becoming a member of the channel. I appreciate that. I appreciate you for joining the No Fraud Zone. Shout out to Kenny Smith. Uh, Sean Ford on YouTube says, since the coach is incompetent. What lineups do you think we should be seeing more of when healthy? And secondly, what non-superstar slash solid role player do you think the team should target to best fit around Embiid, Harden, Maxi before you can consider them a championship level team? Like, what qualities should they have? This is a loaded one, Sean Ford, and I appreciate it. Uh, the first part, what lineups do you think we should be seeing more of when healthy? Well, there's a there, there's lineups that I really like that I that I haven't seen enough of. All right, first of all, Paul Reed, DeAnthony Melton, and Matisse Thybul on the floor together are an absolute nightmare for offenses, and I think the team should be exploring that more. I think the team should be experimenting with that more. I think they should be they should be trying all kinds of different combinations. Using those three players, two of them, Matisse and, and Matisse and Melton on the floor together, Matisse and Paul Reed on the floor together. I know they're not great offensive players, but there's a way, there's a way to fit. There's a way to get more out of these lineups. Matisse playing seven minutes in a game that you lose to the Houston Rockets when 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 Jalen Green is just murdering you on the perimeter. It's just ridiculous. There, you have to be able to find a way to use Matisse Thibel. You have to. I'm done with it now. I know Matisse isn't developed, and part of that's the, the, the coaching staff too. Part of that's the culture of this team, the fact that we don't develop at all. But you've got to be able to use... you got to be able to find a way to get value out of Matisse Thibel. You have to. He's too good of a perimeter defender for you to be playing him seven minutes. To me, that's you waving the white flag. That's you saying, I don't know. I, I give up on Matisse Thibault. I don't know how to use him. So I'm not going to. And we're going to lose to the Houston Rockets on a Monday night in December. Random gamer, the most ideal lineup for the bench rotation would be Maxi Melton, Matisse, Niang, Paul Reed. Maxi Melton, Matisse, Niang, Paul Reed. I don't hate it. 
I would I would like to see a lot more Maxi uh with a whole second unit. Um I would like to see a lot more of that. So, you know, we'll see when we get Maxi back. Which by the way, he's he's on pace to return uh in that one month timeline. So it might be before Christmas. Be a good Christmas present to get Maxi back. Uh Sean Ford also says, and secondly, what non superstar slash solid role player do you think the team should target? To best fit around Embiid, Harden, and Maxi before you can consider them a championship level team. Um, you know, it would have to happen at the trade deadline this season, right? Like it would have to happen at the trade deadline this season. Um, and you would have to look at what players are available at the trade deadline this season. Uh, I had one up here. Maybe it was on a maybe it was on a different website. Let's just let's go ahead and Google it, man. Players. Uh December 15th. Because there's players that are that become available on December 15th. Um player eligibility ahead of December 15th. That's the ESPN Plus. You gotta pay for that. I ain't paying to read an article. Uh Four NBA players most likely to be traded after December 15th. Danilo Gallinari. He tore his ACL last offseason. No thanks. Brian Forbes. No thanks. Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Goran Dragic is a good one. Goran Dragic is a good one. You know, we, we, we say we need a backup point guard or more of a traditional style point guard or facilitating point guard. Then again, you're you're switching the whole lineup again, and then it's going to be, oh, they didn't have time to work together to make it work. So then what? You give Glenn another year? I mean, like, part of me is like, we need to change the whole squad at the trade deadline, but part of me is like, does that, does that put you in the same position you were in last year, which is, now we need four months to figure it out. I don't know, but uh, Goran Dragic w- would be would be a good addition um, if you can get him there. J- Clutch Points says James Harden headlines NBA players who become trade eligible on December fifteenth. Obviously, we're not going to trade James Harden um, on December fifteenth. But here's a list of all the players that are available after December fifteenth on every team. And obviously, I didn't work out trades or, or or finances or anything like that. I'm just looking at players' names and saying, would I, if I could, add them to this team? Uh, Atlanta Hawks, Aaron Holiday, and Frank Kaminsky. No thanks and no thanks. Boston Celtics, Gallinari, towards ACL last season. No thanks. Sam, How- what does this say? Uh, players with no trade clause are in bold. Players with a non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed contracts are in italics. Okay. Uh, Luke Cornett, Justin Jackson, Noah Vonley. No thanks. Brooklyn Nets. They're not going to trade with us again. But TJ Warren is available. Uh, has TJ Warren even played this? I haven't seen TJ Warren play basketball since he lit us up in the bubble. Charlotte Hornets, none. Chicago Bulls, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, and Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr., absolutely not. I don't know how that guy's even in the NBA. He was like a a dunk contest guy who somehow is sticking around the NBA. He's, he can't ball. Cleveland Cavaliers, 
Robin Lopez, Howell Neto, Ricky Rubio. If the if the Cavs w- if the Cavs want to want to get rid of Ricky Rubio, if they feel like he doesn't have a, a a spot on the team, although you know with Garland and 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 Mitchell both in the starting lineup, I think Rubio is a great uh, bench point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I don't think they're going to trade him anyway. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, JaVale McGee, Theo Pinson, JaVale McGee. God. I just can't believe how much you don't have a backup rebounding center to the fact that I almost to the fact that I almost want to say yes to JaVale McGee. Yuck. How gross is that? Jimmy J says Tobias for Kevin Love. Nah. We talk about how old this team is already. You think I want gray hair Kevin Love? I know he's only 33. Looks like he's 53. That dude's aging like a piece of cheese. No thanks. <laughs> Random Kevin Love roast for no reason. Uh, Javel's backup center is solid. He can rebound. He can finish at the rim. You know, he's kind of a maniac, but it's funny that we had him here for like a season or something. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Detroit Pistons. All right, wait, wait, wait. Denver Nuggets. There's a player on the Denver Nuggets that I really like. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is available to the Nuggets. No. Devon Reed, no. Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. I like him. I thought he was good for the Brooklyn Nets when they were, you know, really didn't have anybody last season when they were playing without... Uh, um, Durant was out with the knee. Kyrie was sitting out the whole year. James was, or Ben was sitting out, or James before the James Harden trail. I don't remember. Either way, Bruce Brown was really good for them off the bench. Nice combo guard, hustle guy. Uh, I would like Bruce Brown. But if you're talking about pieces we need to put around Maxie, James, and Joel, well, we've gone through all of the available players. We've gone through about half of them so far, and I'm not seeing one. That's available. So sadly, we might be screwed. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Marvin Bagley, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox is a pretty high draft pick for the the New York Knicks. Didn't work out, right? Um, it's not like Glenn would start Kevin Knox anyway. But big wing player. Uh. Golden State Warriors, Dante DiVincenzo. I think he tore his ACL before Milwaukee Bucks went to the finals last year or or went to the Eastern Conference finals last year. DiVincenzo got hurt, tore his ACL. I don't know if he's played since. Um, Jamichael Green. Nah. Houston Rockets, none. Indiana Pacers, Jalen Smith. I like Jalen Smith. I don't think Glenn would play him, but I like him. Clippers, John Wall, no. Doc would play him 58 minutes a game. Los Angeles Lakers, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Lonnie Walker. I like Lonnie Walker. I like Lonnie Walker. I don't think he's getting an opportunity enough over there in L.A. I like Lonnie Walker. I liked him when he was in San Antonio. Uh, yeah, I would. I would like DiVincenzo. I would like DiVincenzo off the bench, but I, 
Sadly, I'm not seeing any players that would help your starting lineup yet. Uh, Miami Heat, Udonis Haslam. <laughs> Caleb Martin. I like Caleb Martin. Don't think he would crack the starting lineup either. Milwaukee Bucks, Javon Carter, Serge Ibaka, Joe Angles, Wesley Matthews. Uh, I've always liked Wesley Matthews. And he's been declining for a couple years now. He's probably past his prime. We probably missed our missed our, our window on Wesley Matthews. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, none. New York Knicks, Jericho Sims, Jalen Brunson, Isaiah Hartenstein. Listen, there's no reason for the Knicks to give up Jericho Sims, but the Knicks are probably trying to trade Cam Reddish right now. Uh, if there's some kind of package to clear the Tobias Harris contract and you get Jericho Sims in return, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. And I'm telling Glenn, hey, you play this kid at backup center or you're fired. Jericho Sims is a freak athlete who absolutely smokes us on the boards anytime we play the New York Knicks. And the Oklahoma City Thunder have Mike Muscala available. So the options at December 15th aren't aren't very much. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of options. I don't know if I even answered your question, man, but thank you for the question. DML Hoops on YouTube community post says, why do you think the Sixers look so good at team basketball when the big three was out and looks so bad when the stars actually play? What I mean is, why do they look so much less like a team when Joel and James are there? Joel and James, there's a lot of iso ball. Uh, Glenn Rivers has a pecking order and a system that he thinks we have to run, and it just doesn't work out. Uh, you get away from playing team basketball. You don't move the ball enough. You don't move enough in general. There's not enough action on and on and on. When there's no stars, when it's just a bunch of role players out there, there's no one, two, or three, you're more likely to share the ball. You're more likely to play the right brand of basketball and find the open man. That's the answer to that. Curtis Washington, what coach would you like to see in place of Doc Rivers? Also, what role player started would be a key addition to the current lineup? Again, I don't I don't know a player that's that's a key addition to the current lineup unless you can trade Tobias Harris for John Collins. <laughs> People get mad when I say that. People hate John Collins. I like him. I like him a lot. Uh and Sam Cassell is my answer to that. What would it take at this point in the season for Philly to reevaluate their coaching situation? Jordan Pollard. Great question. What would it take for the Sixers to reevaluate their coaching situation? Before the end of the season and before they inevitably lose in the playoffs, it would take a it would take the 76 Here's what exactly what it would take. And that's a good question. Here's exactly what it would take. It would take Tyrese Maxey coming back, the Sixers being completely healthy, and still going on a 10-game losing streak. It would take them being completely healthy, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, all the role players, and them going on a 10-game losing streak. And then it would be like, okay, we have all the players, and we're still not getting it done. We need to change something. That's what it would take. That's what it would take. The problem is you're going to play a lot of bad teams. And Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey are good enough to beat those bad teams without any system. 
Pete Pete says Pete Tim Cole says it, it would take an empty arena. <laughs> oh man. Uh good question, man. Thanks for the question. Tim Starr, do you really think Embiid can get us to where we want to be, or deep down do you think we need to make major changes soon? Yeah, Joel can get you where you need to be. You need the right players around him. I just I can't believe somebody said in the chat that he turns 29 this season. That's depressing. Going through all the stuff that you went through, the process and waiting for Embiid to be healthy and him starting his rookie year, playing those three months and the it looked amazing and and it and he is amazing. He's a superstar and he's the superstar that we thought he was going to be. But they've wasted so much time failing at putting lineups around him. They've wasted so much time failing at putting lineups around him. It's really sad when you think about it. Uh, but yeah, if the right players are around Joel Embiid, you can win an NBA championship. You, you need a facilitating point guard. I think you have one in James Harden. You need James to be able to score. We need him to score. I think when he's healthy this season, he can do that. He had He, he started out the season hot before the foot injury. You can get the version of James Harden that you need. You need Tyrese Maxey to be aggressive and know that he is the man and you and, and you need him to be a 1B, 1C. Not, not a pecking order. Those three players together, that's a big three. Those, all three of them can drop 25 any given night. Hey, you need the right. You need the right supporting cast. I don't know if the supporting cast is right. You know, that's what you need. Uh, but I think it's possible. I also do think changes need to be made soon. If it doesn't work out this year, I'm ready to blow it up. I'm serious. If it doesn't work out this year, I'm ready to blow it up. Mister Rudy. Thanks for the super chat, my guy. Man, Jeremy Grant would be the perfect power forward next to JoJo. I wish we had him in a 76ers jersey. Who has the Jeremy Grant Photoshop with the Sixers jersey? <laughs> Just kidding. I love when players post those and everyone's like, wow, amazing Photoshop as a joke because he used to play for the Philadelphia 76ers. We actually drafted him. We developed him through the G League. He played in the Summer League for, I feel like, five years. Uh... He went to another team, developed, became a good, good, good NBA player. The Portland Trailblazers look, I'm not going to say great, but way better than they did last season just by adding Jeremy Grant. He's become a 25-point-per-game two-way NBA player. He's always been a good defender. He's developed an offensive game. I mean, Jeremy Grant looks great. I'm proud of Jeremy Grant for turning into what he turned into and the 76ers traded the guy for Ursan Eliasova. I mean, that's really what happened. Come on, bro. And that was a Colangelo move. He was trying to build a, a team around Ben Simmons at the time. And Colangelo actually built the perfect team around Ben Simmons. Colangelo knew how to build the basketball team that he wanted to build. Remember that stretch at the end of that season when Joel was out for the rest of the year when when they won like 16 straight games and Ben was averaging a triple-double. Colangelo got the best out of Ben Simmons. Turns out he was a dork douchebag 
and he got caught using burner accounts on Twitter talking trash about Embiid. But as far as building a roster, he knew what he was doing. And he, and he put shooters and defenders on the perimeter. Uh, Colangelo builds better basketball teams than, than Daryl Morey. Sorry. Sorry I said that, but I, I think it's true. But anyway, yeah. Like Jeremy Grant. Proud of him, man. Proud of him. DNL on YouTube community post. How did Furkan Korkmaz get so damn good at basketball? <laughs> That's a troll. And it's not funny. He's not good at basketball. He's terrible. Uh, Michael Miller, do you think we will fire Doc before All-Star break? Who do you want as the coach? I don't think we're going to fire Glenn until the end of this season. I think this organization, the ownership group, and everybody in charge is going to refuse to admit that they were wrong. They're going to force it until it burns down. Um, and we're, we're at least going to see this upcoming playoffs with Glenn Rivers and inevitably, inevitably lose, and then he will be fired. And I want Sam Cassell as the coach. Russian Spy, what's up, man? If you could grab anyone from any team across the league right now to pair with Joel Embiid to win a championship, who would it be? If I could grab anyone from any team across the league right now to pair with Joel Embiid to win a championship, who would it be? Uh, One player? Just one player? John Moran. Probably John Moran. Um, give me two players. The two players that I would grab that are no longer possible to grab, but they were possible. It's Tyrese Halliburton and Donovan Mitchell. Now imagine you made the Halliburton trade for Ben Simmons. You kept your draft picks. You kept Seth Curry. You kept Andre Drummond. Then you traded, I love Maxie, but you traded him for Donovan Mitchell. I'm sorry to tell you, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond coming off the bench, and the rest of us, that's a championship team. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. That's a championship team. I'm not mad that we didn't do it because I love Tyrese Maxey. I want to see what he does, what he is in the future. But that's a championship team right there, if you ask me. I don't think you could say it's not. Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum. X number in the chat said Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum, for sure. For sure. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid, my God, that would be hard to stop. K-Cell. Fast move, I agree with that. Maury's obsession with Harden screwed us. You might be right. You might be right. The Reese's backcourt would go crazy. Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey? Bruh. Bruh. He's averaging 20 points per game, 11 and a half assists, five rebounds, and almost three steals, and has the Indiana Pacers playing good basketball for the first time since Paul George. Saying eight, no, I don't know, man. Uh, when when Mitchell was available for trade, um, 
You could have got him for Maxi, Thibel, and draft picks, probably. You could have got him for, I think you probably, you probably could have got him for Maxi, Thibel, and draft picks, man. To the Utah Jazz, I think they would have taken that, man. I think they would have taken that, man. Halliburton's playing great. Eric R., what's up, man? I like Embiid, Barnes, Ingram, Halliburton, and Maxi better. Well, how do you get Ingram? I mean, of course. How do you get Halliburton and Ingram? And keep Maxi. You get Halliburton and Barnes in, I'm assuming, the Ben Simmons trade? How do you end up with Ingram? But yeah, I mean, I you know, I like I like uh Ja Morant, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry. <laughs> uh Cassell, what coach would you want to coach the team besides any of Doc Rivers' assistant coaches? Uh Eme. Eme from Boston. And it's not and that's not because, you know, I I think he's some kind of genius. I think he's uh I think he's a young motivated coach. I think he's methodical, I think he's strategic, but also he came up under Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and that front office in Boston is it just continues to produce. Because of that, it always starts at the top. So a coach, well, actually, I mean, he 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 was under Brett Brown here. He was in Philly, uh, and he took the job over there. But he was in Boston for a couple of years, and you know, I think just the things that he picked up over there, we could use probably. So I'm gonna I, I go Eme, I go Eme. Uh. Magic Tricks YT on the YouTube community post. In hindsight, would you have still traded Ben Simmons for James Harden or would you have gone for a completely different package? I didn't want to say this. But Harden being 33 and the window closing, I'm going to say I would have rather Daryl Morey taking the Tyrese Halliburton package Halliburton healed, kept Seth and Drummond. That gives you an opportunity to win now, but also Halliburton is young. I think Halliburton would have fit perfectly next to Tyrese Maxey. And you have two players for the future on top of that. it's You can argue, you can argue that Tyrese Halliburton is a better point guard right now than James Harden is right now. I think this the James Harden thing can still be a win, but I'm starting to think you gave up too much for him. You know, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith said it on ESPN the day that it was announced. The Sixers gave up way too much for James Harden. They got fleeced in the trade, he said that. He said, first of all, I don't know why you threw in first-round draft picks. He said, you didn't want to give up draft picks. You were you were asking for draft picks in return for Ben. Now, all of a sudden, you gave up two draft picks? You gave up Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 
Ben Simmons and two first round draft picks. If James was 28, I would have completely understood that trade. But he's not 28. He's 33. And he was coming off a hamstring before he was in Brooklyn. Then he aggravated the hamstring in Brooklyn. Then he spent a whole offseason rehabbing the hamstring, played for us, was not 100% in shape because he was rehabbing the hamstring the whole offseason. Then we get him for a whole offseason. He gets back in shape. He plays for us, and he's playing great, and he hurts himself again. Players get into their mid-30s. The injuries just start piling up. It's scary, man. Basketball is a young man's sport. A young man's sport. Glenn Rivers needs to understand that. Daryl Moore needs to understand it, too. Uh, Firm denies on the YouTube community post, do you think a loss to the Lakers will cost Doc his job? No, because Tyrese Maxey is still injured. I don't think a loss to the Lakers will cost Doc Rivers' job. And I think they're definitely going to lose to the Lakers, by the way. If the Lakers are playing everybody, the way they've been playing right now, the way Anthony Davis has been playing right now, let me see the Lakers' last 10. Let me see the Lakers' last 10. Let's see. NBA... The Lakers play tonight? No. Nuggets and Blazers are on right now. I'm probably going to watch that game when I get off of here. Uh, Lakers lost to the Raptors last night. Lakers. Where's this last 10? Does it show? Oh, here we go. Uh, the Lakers are 13th in the Western Conference at 10 and 14. Their last 10, they're 6 and 4. Uh, but Anthony Davis has been stepping up. But this is the thing about this Lakers game on Friday. Even without Tyrese Maxey, you should beat that team. But I don't have faith in the Sixers to do it. Even without Tyrese Maxey, you should beat that team. I don't think not having Tyrese Maxey is a big enough excuse. I think people need to understand that. Tyrese Maxey is great, but this is a player that was hardly getting minutes two years ago. Now, all of a sudden, Doc gets to use that as an excuse. Oh, I don't have Tyrese. You didn't even play Tyrese. You, you played George Hill in Game 7 in the Atlanta Hawks series. Now, Tyrese gets to be your crutch? Oh, we're losing because I didn't have Tyrese. I don't think that's a good enough excuse. I think if they lose to the Lakers on Friday, he should get fired, but he won't. That's what I think. Uh, Tez29 says if only we drafted Shea Gilchrist Alexander well Doc had him in LA and he wasn't playing him so there's that I mean you know if only we drafted Tracy McGrady after we drafted Iverson I don't know Connor Murphy if we blow up the team after an early exit aside from Maxie who else should stay Melton, Milton Thibel, Paul Reed who survives the purge nobody Nobody. You keep Maxi and you trade the farm. You tra- you keep Maxi, you trade the farm. Anybody that has value out the window. D'Anthony Melton, I like him. 
Do you have to keep him? No. Milton, does he really have much value? I don't know. Matisse Thibel has value because he's a great defender. Trade him. Eh, maybe you change the coach and you get more out of Matisse Thibel. Maybe you change the coach and you get more out of Matisse Thibel. I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready to see him under a different coach. Paul Reed doesn't really have any value. Maxi only, Fashmoog says. I think Melton and B-Ball should survive. I, I think we're overrating players just because they're here. I think it should be an all-out purge. Keep Maxi. He's young enough. Stink it up and try to get back to the top of the draft. <laughs> if you're really going to blow it up, if you're really going to blow it up, get some first-round picks for Joel Embiid. Get back to the top of the draft. What am I supposed to say? That's where I'm at with it. Uh, Grim2330, if we were to fire Glenn Rivers today with its current roster, would its current roster be a championship contender? I want to say no because of how bad they've looked so far this season, but like last season, I'm telling you, man, if Embiid was healthy, we beat the Miami Heat. So I think with a new with a different coach, a different philosophy, a different energy, you would you would probably see a lot more out of certain players. Maybe PJ Tucker isn't washed. Maybe it's the system. Maybe Daniel House isn't washed. Maybe it's the system, you know? Maybe Matisse Thibel can actually ball. It's just the system. It's very possible. I think again, I put out a clip a couple of days ago saying, you know, you can anybody you can win with Joel Embiid on your roster. You can. You put the right players around Joel Embiid and he stays healthy, you can win an NBA championship. I think I think the coach is important to 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 figure out the fits and get the most out of the players. Whoop the no, Eme started under Pop in the Spurs and then Brown in the Sixers and then the Nets. He never assisted at the Celtics. Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. You're absolutely right. He was in Brooklyn, and then he got the Celtics job. Uh, Embiid needs a disciplinarian, and Cassell is a goofball. What the, f- the hell did Cassell do? Why is Cassell a goofball, bro? What's with the What's with the Sam Cassell hate for no reason? He may never assisted at the Celtics. Yeah, you're right. He's still coached there, so... Still has something that we're missing. The random, random Sam Cassell slander, bro. What's up with that? All around threat. If Glenn gets fired, who would you rather have as a next head coach? Sam Cassell, Dan Burke, Dave Yeager, or Quinn Snyder? I like Dan Burke when he filled in for Doc when Doc had COVID. Um, you know, I point this out all the time, and I'm always going to point it out. Isaiah Joe had an 18-point game on a Monday night, and he had 11 points the very next night, and they won both of those games. Dan Burke, in two games, got more out of the out of the roster and the young players than Glenn Rivers did in two years. That's true. That's absolutely true. Which should should should, you know. Keep us all in positive spirits when we think about, well, if we change the coach, is it really going to do so much? We changed the coach for four days and he had these players producing off the bench. He had Charles Bassey with a 12 point, 
10 rebounds, not 12 points, he's 6 points, but he had 12 rebounds and 5 blocks against the Denver Nuggets in, in November of last year. Under Dan Burke. He got more out of Charles Bassey and Isaiah Joe in two games than Doc Rivers did in two years. So yeah, changing the coach can change a lot. I'm cool with Sam Cassell. I'm cool with Dan Burke. I like both of those guys. Dave Yeager's a defensive-minded coach, apparently. Uh, All three of those guys are in our organization. That's the craziest part. How do you have so many quality coaches under Glenn Rivers? It's crazy. They're right there. Just promote somebody, dog. Make the change already. Uh, smoke some weed, duh, with the Stephen A. Smith profile picture on the YouTube community post says, who was the worst 76er player you ever watched? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, well, uh, we're going to exclude the process era because there's a lot of horrendous players in the process era that didn't even belong being in the NBA. Alexi Shved, uh, KJ McDaniels, that guy stunk. And he got overrated because he had a highlight alley-oop dunk. Um, Tony Roten was pretty bad, but at least he put his head down and like plowed his way to the rim and got some buckets. The worst 76ers player I ever watched. Isaiah Cannon. Isaiah Cannon is the answer to that. I could not stand that dude. And him and Robert Covington together, good. Forget about it, bro. Turnover waiting to happen. You you could bet on the fact that it was about to be a turnover. Those dudes were either chucking so many threes that they dropped 30 points apiece, or they were dribbling the ball off the side of their foot. They were horrendous. Isaiah Cannon is the worst 76er player I ever watched. Or Nick Stauskas. I could never stand Nick Stauskas. That kid was overrated his whole career. Ninth pick in the draft out of Michigan because he, he took him a little far in the damn tournament and had a highlight dunk. Every, anytime somebody sees a white guy with a highlight dunk, they think he's a superstar. That's called grading on a curve. <laughs> Nick Stauskas was awful. Just off the top of my head, those are the two. Jakar Sampson. <laughs> Jakar Sampson was so bad, bro. Mike Scott, at least Mike Scott would get on a little bit of a roll. You know? At least Mike Scott would get a little bit on a little bit of a roll and hit like three threes in a row. But, you know, he was pretty bad too, like in the grand scheme of things. Sean Williams, what would you do with this team where you are the coach, but you have to use the current roster of players? How would you make this team as it's currently constructed work and be successful? 
And could you win a championship with whatever strategies, adjustments, ideas you come up with? What would you do with this team? You are the coach. You have to use the current roster of players. All right, the first thing I would do with this team is I would get them in the gym and make them all do suicides until they vomit. The first thing I would do with this team is I would make them go in the gym and I would make them do suicides until they vomit. And I would say, you are consistently going to be the worst transition defense team in the NBA if you don't get your asses in shape. And I would make them rebound for five hours a day. I would make them do box out drills. every. I would make them do box out drills until they passed out. How are you consistently the worst rebounding coach, the worst rebounding team, and the worst transition defense team in the NBA for two years in a row? That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is get P.J. Tucker out of the starting lineup. Well, the second thing I would do, I have to use the current roster. I don't want to do that. I want to trade Tobias Harris. The second thing I would do is trade Tobias Harris for a player that fits a little bit better, complements Joel, for a more athletic rebounder like John Collins. I would get P.J. Tucker out of the starting lineup. I would. I might start. Who would I start at small forward, man? James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. Tobias is gone. PJ's on the bench. Joel Embiid. John Collins at the four. Who do I start at small forward? I don't know. I don't know. Too tired to think about this, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I'll make them get in shape. I would make them box out. I would run a hell of a lot more James Harden, Joel, and be pick and roll, and I would drill it into their heads to make quick moves and pass the damn ball. I would say, James, if there's a single play I don't care if you hit a step-back three and get a four-point play. I don't care. If there's a single play where you dribble the ball for 10 seconds straight, you're getting benched. I don't care. Go watch the 2008 Boston Celtics team. All it was was ball movement. All it was was unselfishness and ball movement. Nobody was hunting out isos. Nobody. They were swinging the ball. They were passing the ball. They were moving. They were setting screens. They were moving. They were setting screens. They were swinging the ball. So I would say one move and pass the ball. Joel Embiid, same thing. I don't want to see you dribble 20 seconds off the shot clock. I don't care. Make a move, pass the ball. Make a move, pass the ball. That's what I would say. Pick and roll, pick and pop. I would have a lot more action going on on the court. I would have other players moving around. You know? This 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 James ISO and everybody stand and watch. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So that's what I would do. 
I'd make them run suicides until they vomit. I would make them box out until they hated the sport of basketball. Uh, and I would make them play a faster game, continue to move the ball. There would be no pecking order. I would tell James, you're going to have to learn how to move off ball and play basketball like a, like a, a regular basketball player or this ain't going to work. That's all in a fantasy land. Um, Lenny Ramos on YouTube community post said, what was your reaction when the Sixers traded Bridges for Zaire Smith? Well, I was at work and I asked the guy, you know, who did we draft? And he said, we drafted Mikel Bridges out of the kid out of Villanova. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. I knew it, man. We need, we needed a wing. We needed a three and D player. He's NBA ready right now. He's from Philly. His mom works for the damn Sixers team. It's a perfect fit. And he said, and then they traded him. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I said, yeah, they traded him. I couldn't believe it, and I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. I can't figure out what the reason was for trading a player that fit perfectly for what you needed. It was insane. That's the worst trade of all time. The worst trade of all time, hands down. Hands down. Worst trade of all time. You let Brett Brown be a GM for two weeks, and he successfully pulled off the worst trade of all time. That's the worst trade of all time. I'm dead serious. There's no trade worse than that trade. Nick21, do you believe that if Ben Simmons wasn't 6'10", he would be flipping burgers at McDonald's? Yes, I do believe that. No. Well, yeah, I don't think he loves the game. I think he got by by being by being 6'11 and faster and stronger than everyone for his whole career. He got to the NBA. The NBA players learned how to stop his strengths. He then had to develop something, and he said, I'm not doing this. So, yeah, if Ben Simmons was 6'5", with the mentality he has, hell no. He would never be in the NBA because he would have to be able to shoot the ball. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, I agree with that. I, would, I agree with that. Rob R. on the community post, if the Sixers do end up blowing it all up, what sort of return would you want to get for him? Draft picks. Draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. They got five firsts for Rudy Gobert. I, I need at least five firsts for Joel Embiid. Draft picks. McNugget, can we get a game where Furkan drops 50? No. Can't even do that in 2K, bro. Come on. Nick21, the most entertaining process sixer. <laughs> the most entertaining process sixer, man. Who was entertaining back then? Entertaining to watch her personality-wise. Dario Sarge personality-wise. Dario Sarge personality-wise, hands down. Love that dude. I remember when it was post-game, and I think Mark Zumoff, which shout-out to Mark Zumoff, please come back. I can't stand listening to this broadcast. It was post-game, and he asked Dario Sarge what TJ McConnell puts in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and he said something like his hair is plastique and he said he has many gel <laughs> Dario Sarge was entertaining as hell but the most entertaining process player the combination of ish parentheses dish Smith and Nerlens Noel that team wasn't winning a damn game but every game, I would turn it on, 
and watch Ish Smith throw monster alley-oops to Nerlens Noel. And it was fun to watch. I'm almost ready for it. I told I told Philly Mike that today. You know, Philly Mike, the Philly Talk podcast, he texted me today talking about the Sixers. And he said, you really think we could blow it up this year if it doesn't work? And I said, I'm almost ready. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm watching the same thing over and over. I'm bored. I'm almost ready to blow it up and do the whole thing over again. I need some excitement. At least then we can look at the draft. We can evaluate players coming out of college. We can do draft profiles and film breakdowns. We can talk about what this player could do if we draft them. What's there to talk about right now? Nothing. It's the same thing over and over. I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. That brings us to this. John Micah on the YouTube community post. If we fail to make it past the second round again, should we blow it up? Absolutely. Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up. If we fail to make it past the first round, I'm making blow it up t-shirts. Uh, Jack O NBA. Why does Maury let Doc throw him around like a rag doll? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on there. I don't even know what these guys do at this point. Davon Koo, except the Celtics and Bucks, which team will be the biggest threat in the East this season? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Easily, 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 the Cleveland Cavaliers. I posted a poll on on Twitter the other night, and I said, if the Sixers are completely healthy, the Sixers are completely healthy, can they beat the Cavaliers in a seven-game series? Guys, they got Jared Allen back. They're going to have Ricky Rubio as their backup point guard. They got Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, (laughs) Mobley, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Bro, that team is stacked. They still have Kevin Love. Team is going to be hard to beat. I'm telling you, I don't think they have enough now to win a championship as far as experience goes. But if the Cavs keep that core together, I definitely think the Cavaliers are the biggest threat outside the Boston Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, Raptors are frauds. Never really scared of them. Nets are frauds. Don't care. They're better without Ben Simmons and without Steve Nash, but they're still frauds. Uh, Lenny Ramos, who would you rather have right now, either Brett Brown or Doc Rivers? Honestly, Brett Brown. And that's sad to say. But I honestly think I would rather have Brett Brown. I think his decision-making was atrocious. But he didn't have the ego that Glenn Rivers has. Neither of them are good. You're not winning with either of those guys. There's a reason Brett Brown's not an NBA head coach right now. He's back making coffee for Greg Popovich. But I think Glenn Rivers' attitude, his self-righteousness, rubs off on the players more and you get this team of players that think they're great. They think they already won. They go out there against the Houston Rockets and they play like they already won the game. They play like they already accomplished something. Not that Brett Brown would get much more out of them. I need a coach that's going to come in and remind these guys you haven't done anything. You've done nothing. There's no reason for you to go out there and act like you've done something in the NBA. None of you have a ring. None of you. James, I don't give a damn 
what numbers you put up for 10 straight years in Houston, you don't have a ring. There's no reason for you to go out there and act like you did something. None of you have done anything. Now it's time to get to work. They need a mentality change. These coaches are too damn soft today, man. Too damn soft. Whoopty, run fast break offense, triangle and half court. I agree, man. I agree, but it ain't going to happen. Mr. Rudy, I'm ready too. This team is exhaustingly boring. They make me hate the NBA. <laughs> I actually have a great time watching the around the NBA. I pay for NBA League Pass. It's been great. I love watching other teams. And watching NBA League Pass and watching other teams has made me hate the 76ers even more. Because it's not it's exciting. These other teams are exciting, bro. The Sixers do not excite me right now. Tyrese Maxey excites me. Healthy Joel Embiid excites me. James Harden, I'm up and down on. The rest of this roster does not interest me at all. Doesn't interest me at all. Tobias, Matisse, PJ. Uh, I love DeAnthony Melton. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Daniel House is, is, is bro. This this roster does not excite me. Uh, babyface ham on the YouTube community. Why isn't James Harden considered an amazing three point shooter when he's third on all time list? Why isn't he considered an amazing three point shooter? Because he's not an amazing three point shooter. He shoots like thirty four percent on his career. Let me tell you exactly why James Harden is not considered an amazing three-point shooter, and then I'll tell you why he's third all-time on the list. And I don't. I, I think James is a good three-point shooter, not great, but good. James Harden's career three-point percentage is thirty-three percent. That's why he's not a, considered an amazing three-point shooter. He shot over 40% from three one time in his career. <clears throat> 2011 in OKC. Um, James Harden has just been a volume shooter. He shot a billion threes in Houston. And he's a good three-point shooter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying he's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a great three-point shooter by any stretch of the imagination. James Harden can fit alongside Joel and B. If he just spreads the floor, facilitates, and hits the shots that you need him to hit. And I think he can do that. I have faith in this roster if they fire the coach and make a move at the trade deadline. Uh look, let me show you the numbers of somebody who's a great three point shooter, okay? Obviously, I'll, I'll. I mean, this is the greatest of all time. But Steph Curry's career is forty percent. The volume that he shoots, he's a career forty percent three point shooter. The crazy thing is, he shoots forty five percent from twenty five plus feet. There's other players that are great three point shooters. Seth Curry's a great three point shooter. We'll have to see. You know, we're going to see more Friday. 
what they looked like against Houston was horrible. But Harden was just coming off the foot injury, didn't shoot well the whole game. Uh, Doc probably shouldn't be playing him 38 minutes. Mr. Rudy, you're absolutely right about this, man. Too many guys who hesitate to shoot open shots. It doesn't make sense. Why Why are they? Why do they do that, man? Even P.J. Tucker right now. It gets wide open in the corner. Pump fake, dribble, pump fake, pass. Daniel House, pump fake, step back for no reason. Matisse Thibel obviously hesitates to shoot. Shake Milton hesitates to shoot. Anthony Melton hesitates to shoot. There's just not... The philosophy isn't being drilled... To them by the by the coaching staff, man. That's just what's going on, bro. RL in the community post. Why does Joel Embiid keep falling down all the time? Joel Embiid, people just still don't understand this. Joel Embiid's 7'2", 280 pounds. It is clear to me that after he broke his foot and then rebroke his foot and missed the first two years of his NBA career and then came back and sprain, partially torn meniscus or tore his meniscus and then came back and had a partially... He's clearly been trained to fall down. Do you know what happens if a seven foot two, two hundred eighty pounder goes up for a layup, gets bumped off balance a little bit, and tries to catch himself? Sprained knee, sprained ankle, torn ACL, on and on and on. I guarantee you, trainers have worked with Joel Embiid to get him to fall over. If you're off balance, do not try to brace yourself because you're going to hurt yourself. You got to fall down. How come Giannis never falls down? Giannis isn't built like Embiid. Giannis is a freak of nature. Giannis is a freak. Is Embiid built like Giannis? Giannis is a brick wall. Embiid's not a brick wall. (laughs) Embiid's awkward when he he lands. Embiid's not a... Giannis, Giannis is a freak. But I honestly think Joel has been trained to fall over to avoid injury. Uh, is this Carlos Holloway says, is this the worst six or season you've seen? And if not, which one was, and obviously the 10 and 72 season was the worst six or season I've ever seen. This is not the worst six or season, uh, I've ever seen. No, most frustrating. No, it's up there for most frustrating. You know, when the expectations are high and a team comes out and looks nothing like you, you were, you were sold. That's frustrating. So this is one of the most frustrating teams I've ever seen so far this season. Absolutely, for sure. We thought we finally did what we needed to do in the offseason. We now are making a championship push. And we're 12-12, and and we don't look good even when we were all healthy. So this is a very frustrating Sixers team. But the most frustrating Sixers team for me personally was the 2019 team before uh, Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it was 2018. It was right around when I first started YouTube, too. Uh, Because we had five forwards on the floor, and it was disgusting basketball. It made no sense. It was horrible. You had Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford and Joel Embiid. Do you understand how bad that roster is? You're trying to start Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. 
You got five forwards on the floor, bro. That was so hard to watch. It was unbelievable. There was no spacing at all. It was all. It was an awful team. That was an awful built team. And Brett Brown just could not figure out. I need to switch this lineup, and I need to put ball handling guards on the floor. I was screaming. I was screaming. We were almost undefeated at home. I don't care. The team was terrible. I was screaming. You need ball handling guards on the floor. Trey Burke would play well. Brett would bench him for a month, and then he cut him. There was no ball handling guards on that team at all. It was it was it was bad. It was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Uh we got some more, man. We got some more. Thanks for hanging out with me, everybody. It's still got 218 people in here. Please hit the like button. That would be much appreciated. Let me get 200 likes on this, man. I think I should have 200 likes by the time this is over. Uh Nick P.S. Why is the city all worried? We will get 50 wins no matter how bad the start is. Everyone needs to relax. It was one game in early December. No, it wasn't one game. The process has been eight years, and they haven't won since 1983. Nick, you sound like you just started watching the Sixers, and I can't have this conversation. Uh, Let's look at the replies here. I laughed and said, stop it. Nick P.S., don't come back on board after it happens. Back on board, bro? I've been watching. I've been a Sixers fan since 95. You better check yourself, Nick. Don't tell me what to do. I've been watching this team before you were born. Literally before you were born. You were in your dad's you-know-what when I was watching this team. I watched Jerry Stackhouse play basketball. Do you even know who that is? Come on, bro. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with me, everyone. I appreciate it. This was a fun thing to do on a a night off when the Sixers randomly have another three-game gap. I just don't, you know, they play Monday, they have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Play. Next week, they have another three-game gap. I don't get it. You give us 19 back-to-backs in a row, and then we have, like, entire weeks off. It's weird. But, yeah, uh, Lakers play tomorrow. The Sixers play the Lakers tomorrow. I would love to do a post game live after that, but I got to go to a wedding uh, at five, and that game starts at seven thirty. I would love to sneak out of that wedding at about seven thirty. If I do that, maybe I can watch the game on my phone on the way home. If my girl drives me home, maybe she'll do that for me. Maybe I'll do a post game live. We'll see, man. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Go to the podcast right now. Anybody, do me the biggest favor. 200 people in here. I I only have 56 reviews on the podcast, bro. Go to Apple Podcasts on your phone. Type in Run It Back Philly. Or you know what? You can just type in Sixers or 76ers. And it's right there on the first page. Look at this, bro. S-I-X-E-R-S search. Right there. Bang. Go there. Press the button. Scroll to the bottom. And leave your boy a five-star review. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you all. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Let me lose my mind cause I'm looking like Wesley
test me. Don't make me lose my mind, cause I'm looking like Wesley. Test me, test me, test me.